Well, hello. How you doing? Um, welcome again to Chi Alpha. Oh, sorry, Riley, we changed the name. Um, yeah, welcome uh, to Chi Alpha. Thank you, Cedar. I don't know where she is. Did I say it again? Did I say Chi Alpha again? Yeah, it's okay. Um, welcome, welcome to Riley. Um, thank you, Cedar, um, for that. I don't know where she is. That was amazing. Oh, there she is. Sorry, I have bad eyesight. Um, and thank you, Frankie. I also don't know where you are, but it's like, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'll stop trying to find people in the crowd and just, uh, start my sermon. Yeah, so, I'm Jeff, and back by popular demand, and by popular demand, I mean that Elias Garden specifically asked that I do story time with Jeff, so... Here's story time with Jeff. Yeah, so I like to skateboard. Yes, yeah, it's, a, it's not supposed to be a surprise. Um, yeah, so I like to skateboard, and with skateboarding, there's a trick that I tried to learn a few years ago, and it's called, oh, man, got a lot brighter in here. Um, so I, that's not the trick, that doesn't even involve a skateboard. Um, so there's a skateboard trick that I tried to learn, and it's called a 50-50, and you don't really need to know what it is, but I'm going to describe it to you anyway. Um, it just, the metal pieces on, on the bottom of the skateboard, the truck, if both of them are touching an obstacle and it's grinding across it, that's called a 50-50. And it sounds simple because it should be an easy trick. Um, but I started around two years ago to learn this trick. And um, around June of 2021, it had been about 10 months since I had started learning this trick. And I go to the skate park, and every time I go for the past 10 months, I spend at least an hour of my time there trying to learn this trick. And every single time, I have not landed it. So I get really close, um, and sometimes I'll get onto the, onto the obstacle, and I fall off before I get to the end, and sometimes I just don't even get onto the obstacle, and I fall off beforehand. But this day is a different day I went to the skate park, and after about probably half an hour, I landed my first 50-50. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, where's the proof? There is no proof. Um, sorry about that. But there is no visual proof, none at all. <laughs> um, so I landed one, and then I... I've been trying this trick for about 10 months, so I got super excited, and I start screaming and yelling, and some of the people at the skate park I know, but some of the other people I don't, but everyone's cheering just because I, I yelled, they're like, what, what's up? And I was like, oh, I just landed this for the first time. And there's another guy who's also been trying it for a long time, so he's like, yo, bro. And so it was just, it felt really good. And then I was like, well, you gotta do it twice, because two to make it true, you know, as we say in Chi Alpha. Um, so I landed it again, and then after I landed it again, I was like, well, 
my friend Noah isn't here. And Noah is the person I always skateboard with. So I was like, Noah isn't here. So I need to send, I need to make a video, and I need to send it to him. And then he'll know, hey, you know, I landed it. Because also I lie to him a lot. So <laughs> um, he needed visual proof uh, that I landed it. And so I took a video, and this is what happened. Um, I know you can't see it too well. I am falling. But if you look at my fingers, um, they're pretty bent. Um, and they're bending in the wrong direction, actually. Um, I know it's a grainy picture, but they're almost touching the back of my, the back of my palm. Um, so after this picture, I ended the video and I went home. <laughs> And I do not have any proof of me landing the trick. Um, but I didn't, I didn't skateboard for a while after, after that. And I took a break from trying 50-50 and eventually overcoming my fear of doing that again and hurting my fingers very severely. I went and I tried it again. And every time I go to the skate park, I went to the skate park probably Monday or last Friday, something like that. And I continue to try this trick because I've never landed it since that day. Um, but I didn't, I didn't quit, even though I failed and I hurt myself. I didn't quit. And I, even though my injury happened, there was a determination within me to land the trick. And there still is a determination for me to land this trick because I've only done it twice and I didn't, I, don't, I didn't get visual proof. So this is what I believe grit is. Actually, I know it's what grit is because I looked up the definition. <laughs> um, so grit is strength of character and courage and resolve. And then I was like, well, I don't actually know what resolve means that well either. So I also looked up resolve. Um, and resolve is to firmly decide a course of action. And when it, came to, when it came to this trick, I had to have grit. I had to have resolve to continue to try this trick even after my injury. I had a choice to either give up or to keep trying even though um, I had not yet succeeded. But hopefully you don't fall, you don't try things this many times and then not get to where you're going as much. I mean, it's been almost two years at this point that I'm still trying this trick, still trying to learn it. Um, but what I want to say is trying isn't failure. Not trying is failure. Um, when it came to me learning the skateboard trick, if I'd given up on it and then if I never tried it again, then I would have failed. I've fallen many, many times, but that's not failing. Falling isn't failure, not trying is failure. If you actually try and you give it your all and then you don't succeed, that's not actually failing. When you don't try and then you don't succeed, that's when you fail. When you lose faith, when you lose heart, that's failure. And this is true for things that we've done in our physical lives, our academic lives, and it's also true for our spiritual lives. So a quick example is if you say, hey, I really just want to start reading my Bible one hour every day, 
and you say, I'm currently at five minutes every day. It's a big difference, but you say, I'm gonna, my goal is one hour every day. So you set aside an hour, and then you go, and you sit in your room or wherever you like to read your Bible, and then you really str- you start to struggle about halfway through, and then you just don't quite make it to, the, to that hour, but you spend 40 minutes. You, you didn't fail. You didn't reach your goal, no. Your goal was an hour, but you didn't fail because you tried to get to an hour. And you have to do that next, go to the next day, and then also try to get an hour. Because what you're doing, well, first off, you spent eight times, right? Five times eight is 40. So you spent eight times as long as you typically spend, spent reading your Bible. And that's progress. And progress isn't failure. Progress isn't failure. Failure is when you give up, when you just stop, when you lose heart, when you lose faith, whatever you want to call it. That is failing. Not having the grit to keep going is failure. Grit implies that you have something already. The grit to keep going means you must have something already. So if you don't have a devotional life, then you can't have the grit to keep going in your devotional life because you don't have anything to keep going in. You don't have anything to keep progressing in. If you aren't honoring people, then you can't have the grit to keep going when it comes to honoring people because you don't do that yet. And this is why I think that this sermon is last. I'm glad that this sermon is last because I'm really just saying that everything else that we've talked about this semester to keep progressing in those things. Um, Your devotional life, keep progressing in your devotional life. When it comes to leading your conversations to Jesus, keep progressing in leading your conversations to Jesus. And if you aren't growing, you are dying. Um, I'm 26, and somebody told me on my 26th birthday, they said, oh, you're dying. And I was like, what? Like, yeah, when you turn 26, like, that's when your body starts aging. But up until 26, you're just maturing and growing, so you're dying. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> I was like, man, I actually feel old now because I'm actually aging. So even in your physical life, if you aren't growing, you are dying. So, and if you're, if you're stagnant, that's the same thing as not growing. And that means you aren't where you're supposed to be. And Jesus, Jesus calls us to make disciples and to be disciples. And he told us how to do that. And if we aren't making disciples, if we aren't growing in that, then we're not fulfilling what we're supposed to do, and we are actually dying spiritually. And the Lord gives us instructions on how to make disciples. He tells us to do it, and then he tells us how to do it. Um, and he tells us in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through 40. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. 
This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And everything that we've preached to you this semester doesn't contradict this verse, but instead fits very neatly and nicely into it. Um, When it comes to the previous five sermons, everything either fits into the first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, or the second commandment, love the neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself. And that's what that's what we're supposed to do. We are supposed to love God and to love our neighbor, and we're supposed to keep moving forward in that love. And until we die, we can progress in love and keep moving forward in that. We have to continue towards the goal of Jesus forever until our physical death. We must have the grit to keep going until the end. And unless we have no sin in our lives and have no thoughts that aren't about God or a single distraction, then we aren't perfect. We haven't arrived at this perfect love. And we all have a long way to go until we are perfect. And unless you can say without a shadow of a doubt that you have learned everything there is to know about God and that you are absolutely perfect, unless you say that, then you have room to grow. There is always room to grow. The Lord is the goal, and until we see him face to face, we can continue to move closer to him. We can continue to have the grit to keep going because he is the goal. And this is what, this is what Paul did. And this is what he says. This is what he says in his second letter to Timothy. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. When it comes to the grit to keep going, you have to be somewhere in order to keep going. If you haven't started the race, then you can't keep running. If you have no faith, then you cannot keep your faith. If you are not in a battle, then you cannot keep fighting. So if you look back on any of the sermons that we've preached this semester and you aren't exemplifying what we've talked about, then the sermon doesn't mean much to you. But it can if you choose to start exemplifying those things. And I just want to, for a recap, for um, so that you're not as lost, I want to put the things that we've talked about, the challenges we have given you over this semester. Um, and, yeah, so the first one, well, there's five, and it's not in order, but have devotion to Jesus, share what Jesus has done in your life, and lead your conversations towards him 
Be iron and sharpen your friends. Honor Jesus and others and be responsible to the knowledge that Jesus gives you. If you don't have these things, if you aren't exemplifying these things, then you can't keep progressing in them. You have to be, you have to have a devotional life in order to progress in your devotional life. You have to be honoring Jesus and others in order to progress in your journey on honoring the Jesus and others. So I just, I want everyone to be honest with themselves. And if these five practices aren't in your life, then I would challenge you to start there. To have these five practices, especially if you call yourself a Christian, if you say that you follow Jesus, to have these five practices in your life. And that's a good starting point. But it isn't, it isn't a checklist and it isn't like a to-do list. It, it's what Jesus asked of us. And comparing, comparing this list, like I said earlier, alongside Matthew 22, everything on here fits either into the first commandment, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, or into the second commandment, to love your neighbor as yourself. So, if you don't have conviction to have these practices in your life, if you don't have conviction to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and if you don't have conviction to love your neighbor as yourself, then you are also failing. Jesus, Jesus loves us. And because he loves us, he loves us too much to let us stay where we are. If we say that our lives revolve around Jesus and we hold Matthew 22 to be true, then these practices should be commonplace in our lives. To read the Bible and to be face-to-face with truth and to hear the things that we preach from the Bible and then to just completely ignore it is stupid. Um, we, especially with the last sermon that we preached, we are responsible for the things that we know. It doesn't just apply to what the Bible says, but it applies to everything. If you know that gravity works and you jump off a building and you break your legs, you're responsible for that because you know that. You know, if you skateboard and then the skateboard slips out from under you and gravity takes you and you hurt yourself, you're responsible for that. So, you are responsible for the knowledge that you have. If the Bible says something, we must fix our lives around that instead of getting our lives to fit around the Bible. And not having a conviction for sin, not having a conviction for to keep the Lord's command is failing. Not loving the Lord with everything you have and not loving your neighbor as yourself is failing. So if you know that you're stagnant, in any area that we've mentioned, and you choose not to progress, then you have failed. Jesus wants you to know him deeper. And if you choose not to let him reveal himself to you, then not only do you fail, but you break his heart. Because he longs for a relationship with you, and you are depriving him of a deeper relationship.
keep, keep, doing, keep doing these things. Keep doing these good things. Galatians 6.9 says, do not, do not grow weary of doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Progress, progress isn't failure. Giving up is failure. Just because you aren't at the finish line doesn't mean you aren't succeeding. It just means you're running the race. If you want to reap a harvest, if you want to make disciples like Jesus tells us to do, if you want to honor the call of Jesus in your life, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you can't quit ever. You never get the opportunity to quit. And as I look on the life of Paul, he, he didn't give up. He didn't quit. When he, when he writes this verse saying that he has run the race, that he has fought the good fight, he looks back and he knows, he knows he's at the end of his life. And he encourages Timothy to keep running and to keep the faith as he himself has done these things. He wrote this book shortly before his, he was martyred, and I think it was, I think it was actually the same year um, that he died is when he wrote 2 Timothy, and it was during an imprisonment as well. But he's at the end of his life, and he still has the grit to keep going. He says, I have run the race, I have fought the good fight, and I have kept the faith. And then in the same verse, he says what he's done, and then he also says what he's going to do. He looks behind him, says, this is what I've done, and then he looks ahead and says, this is what I'm going to keep doing. He says, the crown of glory is laid before him and will be rewarded to him by the Lord because Paul knew that at the end of the race, was Jesus. At the end of the race is always Jesus, but you have to run the race if you want to get there. And he, he knew that. He looked ahead and he saw that he still had a little bit to go because he, he wasn't dead yet. He knew he was going to die soon, but he knew what waited before him because he, he had run the race and he had fought the fight. And earlier in his first book, this is what he says um, to Timothy. His first book to Timothy, not his first book. But he says this. Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them you may fight the battle well, holding on to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected, and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. Paul tells Timothy to hold on to his faith in Jesus and to fight the battle well. You have to be running in a race in order to keep running. In order to keep your faith, you must have faith. Timothy was given this charge by Paul and then he went out, and he may not have gotten to the end, 
as soon as he started to try. But he tried, and he may not have succeeded, but he didn't fail because he didn't give up. And we know that he didn't give up because of what Paul says to him in his second letter. 2 Timothy 2, sorry, 2 Timothy 1, 5 says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am now persuaded lives in you also. Paul kept the faith. He encouraged Timothy to keep the faith, and we know that he did. He writes of Timothy's sincere faith. So we know that he did not stray. He kept running the race, and he was on the right path. We must ourselves have resolve and have determination to keep our faith, to keep running the race. We must have the grit to keep going because there is no room in our lives for giving up. When it comes, when it comes to our faith, we cannot give up. If we are to fulfill Jesus' call and give him what we deserve, then we cannot slow down or stop running because the reward of running the race is glorious. Run towards Jesus, and he will keep his promise to dwell within you. At the end of the race lies Jesus. So run the race so that you can get to the end. And also, I want to, um, right now, I, I want to honor um, two women in my life who I believe exemplify grit um, better than anyone that I know. And should be a picture of them. So uh, the woman on the, sorry, the woman on the right um, is my Aunt Judy. And she's one of the strongest women. I've ever met, and well, not physically strong. She's actually really, she's actually really small. Um, and Josh, her husband, is actually really big. So it's just really funny whenever you would see them together. Um, but yeah, she is actually, she's one of the strongest women I've ever met. And a few years ago, she died from cancer. And during her last days, on this earth, as she was growing weaker and weaker, she never quit. She never lost her faith in Jesus, in her Lord and Savior. She had run a race, she had fought the good fight, and she kept her faith. And during this time, she was very, very weak. Um, she was actually so weak that one time they they went to pick her up, and her back broke just from being picked up. But even though her body was weak, her faith was stronger than almost anyone I've ever met. Strongest woman I've ever met. The faith of Judy Davis was unwavering, and her faith was the same, if not stronger, during cancer as it was before she had cancer. She never quit, and she had the grit to keep going, and she constantly had faith in, that she kept. And just like Paul's, uh, sorry, Timothy's grandmother, 
Lois passed on to his mom. Eunice passed on to Timothy. She passed her faith on to her daughter, Morgan. And Morgan, um, she's at the bottom. That's, um, that's Morgan. And this was, um, this was obviously before Judy passed. So this was probably five or six years ago. But Morgan learned how to fight, and she learned how to have faith from watching her parents, from watching her mom. She knew how to have faith. Morgan saw her mother's faith and the grit that Judy had to keep going. And despite going through cancer and her body failing her, Judy never gave up. She never lost her faith. And everything about Judy that, you, that was strong, you could see in her daughter. And Morgan grew up, and she started attending youth, and she was persistent in her faith. Um, there's a note that she actually wrote in her Bible. Um, I think it, it was shortly after her mother died, but she said, Jesus, my relationship with you isn't perfect, but I'm trying. And then in a letter that she wrote to herself uh, during uh, one of her summer camps, she said, do better. She challenged herself. It was a letter only to her. She was the only one that was going to read it. But she said, do better. She knew that there was room to grow constantly. And she praised the Lord like her mother had taught her. And over this, uh, over this past spring break, Morgan um, suffered an illness, and she died. And a few days later, five days later, she went, there was a youth service in her honor. And during that time, seven, seven kids who she had been inviting to youth group came and committed their lives to the Lord. Morgan had determination to love the Lord as well as she could, and she never quit. Because of the grit of these two women, there are lives who have been made new. As Galatians 6, 9 says, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And we, Morgan didn't get to see the harvest, but we got to see the harvest because she didn't give up. They knew what the call was, they knew what the race was, and they didn't give up. They kept the faith, and they reaped the harvest. And when I come to the end of my life, I would like to look back like Paul does and be as confident as he was that I had ran my race and that I have kept my faith. When I, after I die, I would, I would love to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Your race is over. Come here, son. We will reap a harvest if we do not quit. If we have the grit to keep going, then we can see a harvest reaped. And that is, that is my challenge for you tonight, is to not give up, to not quit, to keep your faith.
Would, will you all pray with me? Um, Jesus, just thank you so much for just who you are. Thank you that you, you died on the cross and that you were resurrected so that we could have a relationship with God once again. God, I thank you that you've given us these stories. You've given us the Bible so that we can know what we are to do, so that we can know what it's like to have grit. And God, I just pray for everyone in this room that you just encourage them that this is not only possible, but it's what you want for us. God, I just pray that we realize what it means to keep going. We realize what grit really means so that we can have a more full relationship with you, so that we can have deeper communion with you. God, I just pray that we we just hold on to these words that you have spoken to us, and I just thank you so much that you allow us to have a, a relationship with you, and also that you allow us to have a deeper relationship with you. Lord, I'm thankful that you are standing at the end of the race. Lord, I pray that we all just keep running towards the finish line, running towards that goal of you, Jesus. Thank you so much. Amen.